Hello and welcome to the second of our Squiggly Podcast Minisodes from the Click Amsterdam Animation Festival. This is Ben Mitchell, having recently returned from Click on behalf of Squiggly and our associated event strand, This Is Not A Cartoon. I'm delighted to be able to present another session from this year's Click Filmmaker Talk Show, where Hans Walter will be speaking with Frederick Siegel, who is at Click with his Luzern University grad film Ruben Leaves. Also representing Luzern were Lucas Suter, Veronica Montagno, and Manuela Lewenberger with their film Ivan's Need. Joining Hans later will be Marike Blau of Job, Joris, and Marike, the team behind such films as Mute, the Oscar-nominated A Single Life, and their latest film Otto. Job and Joris aren't here for this episode, but Squiggly did get some time with them as well, which we'll be bringing you later on this week. And finally, Sasha Feiner will be talking about the mixed-media comic adaptation Last Door South. So, without further ado, let's hand it over to Hans. Okay, welcome everybody to the Filmmakers Talk Show, second day of the talk shows. For the first round, I have here all the makers of these two wonderful films, and they're all from Switzerland. I have here Frederick Siegel, who made Ruben Leaves, and then I have Veronica, Manuela and Lucas, who made Ivan's Need. And I don't know if everybody has seen the films, um, they're pretty far out there. All these guys are from Switzerland, as I said, and they studied together. So let me start with you, Ruben. Uh, when did you... Uh... <laughs> I'm used to that. So. Okay, when, did, <laughs> when, when were you guys graduated? Uh, it was in June, I guess. This yeah, year? This year. Yeah. Okay, so was this film your sort of final exam film? Yeah, it's my graduation film, uh, my bachelor film. And did you do everything, like animation directing and sound and... or? Was it like a collaborative effort and you just directed it? I did almost everything by myself, except for the music, the sound design, and some of the animation parts. Okay. Uh, yes. For the people who haven't seen the film, can you maybe explain a little bit about the story? Because it's pretty complicated. <laughs> well, maybe it's very simple. Uh, no, 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 it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically about a guy who is getting up in the morning... And he has a meeting with his with his uh, colleague or boss, with Dave. And he has to hurry, and he, he goes on his uh, way to work. And he imagines stuff, what, what could happen back in his flat. Did I lock my door? Did I close my window? Did I turn off the stove? And yeah. stuff like this. What amazed me in seeing it for the first time was that the, you have a... Um, very specific color range in the film. It's just what we see here, like the the blue, the yellow, and the well, supposed to be black, I guess. Brownish. Uh, brownish. Something. Okay. How did you come up with this? And is there a deeper philosophy behind it? The colors itself. I just tried a lot of different color combinations, and I think the first combinations I had was like red, blue, and black, and. I went on from there, and then I turned up with these colors. But why so limited? Why not just use all the colors <laughs> <laughs> that you want? Um, I don't know, because I like the style, and it actually started when I made a music video for a, a Swiss band back in, in the summer, last summer. Their album cover, their CD cover, was like just in three colors, in, in red, blue, and, and yellow. And then I thought, why don't just uh, do the music video with just these three colors? And without without gradients, and yeah, I think there the idea started to okay. animate like this. Okay. 
And I had some, some inspirations too, like other animators, and I really liked the style. Okay, let me go over to you three guys, and girls, sorry, uh, for a second. <laughs> so you made Ivan's need. Uh, how was the work divided amongst you three, Veronica? The idea came from me, okay. and then we developed the story together. They two did the animation, and then I did the cleanup, and I did the design. Also here, I'm pretty amazed with the colors, because they're so, you know, specific. It's like, it's almost fluorescent. Was this something, because you studied together in the same school in, in Lucerne, <laughs> was it something in the, in the air or in this, the school year that everybody thought, well, let's make the colors really special? I don't think so. Or maybe it was, I'm not sure. But um, I started earlier to draw a lot of colors and do a lot of paintings with different pencils and colors and pastel and all that stuff. Yeah, that's how I got there okay. at some point, yeah. Okay, so who did most of those artistic decisions? Was that you mainly? The decisions, we decided them together. But like I gave some examples and then we talked about it. And yeah. Maybe one of the others can tell me something about the story because what people who haven't seen the film, they don't know that this baker is delivering the bread to a lady and the lady has like these very long breasts. And this little guy just sort of falls in love with it and decides he br will bring the bread himself and he gets totally wrapped up in these breaths and, well, <laughs> it probably is his fantasy. Or isn't it? I think we don't look at it as his fantasy. Okay. I think we, yeah, maybe this question what's real and what's fantasy, maybe it's in, be in between these areas that the film goes somehow. <laughs> I'm pretty amazed that actually two out of three are women who made this because when you see it, you think, oh, this is a guy who's fantasizing about, you know, women and breasts. So how does this fantasy come about? Where, do you, how did, you, where did you come up with the story? The story we, we developed together, the three of us, and it was, was a really fun, fun time we had. But... I, I don't I don't think it's it's a really a, a male a male story. I also think that it's really feminine. Um, how do you say? Feminine way or feminine approach of sex sexuality. Yeah. Okay. It's like to break with typical stereotypes that come with porn or sexual and erotic films. Okay. I think that was also a name. Okay, back to you, Ruben, for a second. Um, I don't know much about the animation films from Switzerland, but you can make a living doing animation in Switzerland? A few, a very few can do this, uh, I think, but it's, it's difficult. Um, we have a really good funding system okay. in, in Switzerland, okay, so that's important. it's a good place to do author films. Like I think the the commercial industry is maybe a bit smaller than the author film, like artistic film industry. But yeah, there's a lot of ways to get funding, so that's. So the only good. way, if you want to make an independent film, would be to get funding to make this film, because there are no other ways that you can raise the money. Probably crowdfunding. I don't know. No, there. Yeah, yeah, there. Of course, there's the possibility possibility of crowdfunding or just working overtime and uh, on the weekends. But if you really want to work full time, then it's the best way and the only way to to get to get money. 
okay. through the fundings. And have your films already been shown at other festivals? They're pretty new, right? These are the graduation films of this year. Evansnit has <coughs> been in Greece, Animasiros, that was, and um, what was it? Um, small, really small, small <laughs> in okay. London, yes. Uh, a little porn festival. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah, how were the reactions uh, of the people? Did people like it? Or did they say, well, it's um, maybe a little too pornographic for me? No, I think they, they like it. Yeah? But it's, it's, really, it's really funny that the people um, laugh at different parts of the films. Depending on the country where mm. it's shown or... Depending on the audience. Depending on on the festivals. Okay. Where I was. Okay. Can you give an example of like two different places where they laugh um, or? Yeah. For example, we were uh, in Switzerland at the Fantosh, and there they laughed at the point where the dog transformed into bread. So that's a very graphical. Yeah. Um, from very Transition. round, it turns very like symmetrical, uh, yeah. mathematical, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and here it was more in the in the in the bed scene at the end. There were were more la laughters, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm amazed that they laughed at uh, when the dough turns into bread. For me, that wasn't such a ha 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 moment, but okay. Because of the animation. Oh, maybe. okay. Okay. I don't know. Are there any questions from people in the audience? I don't know if some have seen the films. A question over there. Okay, the question is what kind of programs, you mean the software programs were used to make the films? Ruben. Yeah, so I can... Uh, I Frederick, sorry. <laughs> no, no problem, no problem. I see these names right <laughs> above your head and it just says Ruben Frederick, so okay. Um, okay I, th I think I can speak for... For both films, uh, we worked in, in TV Paint okay. and After Effects uh, for co uh, compositing. And for sound design was Pro Tools, and I think that's it. And on paper. And yes, I, I used uh, for the animation Animate Pro. Any more questions? Yeah. The question is if they have any ambitious plans like features or anything else. Animated feature would be great, I think, <laughs> for, as a 10-year uh, plan maybe, <laughs> <laughs> to start one at least. I understand that, that there was so far one f animated feature being made in Switzerland, a stop-motion film, am I right? Yeah, Max and, and Co. Yeah, and, and that was the only one so far. So far, but there are uh, like three in the making at the moment. Okay. Molly Monster, Vi de, de la Courchette, and Chris the Swiss. And those are going to be finished next year somewhere? I'm not sure. I think Molly Monster is going to be finished next year. And okay. La Vie de Courchette is maybe already finished. And are, are they like aimed at an international audience? Yes. The director of Molly Monster is one of our um, teachers at school. Okay. And it's a co-production with, with a lot of different other countries. You probably have to with, with today's budget. You have to yeah, of get, the, get the money back, of course. Yeah. Any more questions here? I was uh, wondering about the ending uh, of Ivan's News. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just like a convenient, stylistic way to end the film, or does it mean anything? 
if it's a stylistic way to end the film or or is it uh, something deeper behind it we thought it would be nice like through sex finding love that's what the end means for us well that's what we all want <laughs> we thought we want to end the film really cheesy and have like this super sweet ending and then go with the music at the end of the credits yeah okay they found the eternal dough was your oh yeah exactly you found the eternal phrase. dough the eternal dough okay <laughs> like dough that never gets hard <laughs> okay well thank you guys very much and i'll invite the last guests so we have here uh, marika of uh, Job Joris and Marike, whom everybody in Holland knows because they're quite famous now. Job and Joris are not here. And we have Sascha Feiner, who made Last Door South. <laughs> Let me start with you, uh, Marike. The film Otto uh, is um, this year's entry for the, uh, for the Academy Awards. Last year you uh, had a nomination for a single life. How does getting a nomination help you in the, in the, in the work after... Uh, you've done the single life uh, I think for us it meant that the broadcasters and the funding the people from, from there they had sort of more trust in us and we got more credit to do new projects and do you get like a lot of offers from people all over the world once you, once you get nominated no no. we just uh, we, we met a lot of people when we were there so we did the tour by the go to the studios and see it uh, go to Pixar and uh, yeah, Google and Paramount and all those big studios. So we met a lot of people, so that's what we took home. And then when we were home, we were starting at, uh, to work at Otto immediately, but there was like a silent period of three months when we received no emails and no commissioned work at all. It was like everybody was like, oh, they must be busy. Or Yeah, that's why I hear <laughs> what I hear from many uh, Academy Awards, even winners like Bert Gering, who won an, an Oscar for his Anna and Bella, that everybody thinks, oh, he must be too expensive and he must be too busy now. So it was totally silent. So that's the downside, maybe. Yeah, sort of Oscar <laughs> curse. <laughs> the Oscar curse, yeah. So when do you hear if it gets a nomination? Is that in January? Any moment. Any moment? No, not a nomination, but the shortlist. The shortlist, Any okay. Moment, yeah. So it's a shortlist of like 10, and then there are like yeah. four or five. So yeah, I think it's now it's going to be 10, and then it's three to five. Any so moment. keep your phone uh, yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Could be tomorrow, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. For people who haven't seen the film, it's about this girl who has an imaginary friend, and then... She loses the imaginary friend to this lady who is not able to get children. She sort of hijacks the imaginary friend. Pretty, you know, creative story. How did you come up with a story about uh, an imaginary friend? We always wanted to do something with an imaginary friend. First, because it's yeah, just really useful to have a character that you don't have to animate. <laughs> yes. But also, uh, it's a story about imagination, and we thought it would be like the best if you would make a story about imagination, about an imaginary friend that doesn't exist and you don't see. So the, the audience has to use their imagination as well, so that's really nice. But the, the real moment that we thought we should really do something with this was when something happened with uh, uh, my daughter. I think she was two or three at the moment. She had an imaginary duck, and she took the imaginary duck to a party, and she played with it and uh, all the people at the party were playing with her and it was really fun and uh, at some 
point, she showed her imaginary duck to my, to my mother. I said, look, Grandma, it's my imaginary duck. But it was very loud at a party, and she didn't really hear what she was saying. And she said she thought she was offering food, imaginary food, <laughs> so she ate the duck. <laughs> I was like, she was crying so hard. And we thought, oh, this is something we have to use. And then at, this, at some time after that, uh, we saw that someone was selling his, Im- some, like a 30-year-old person sold his imaginary friend on eBay. Okay. And uh, he said, no, this, these are his characteristics and this is his, his name. And yeah. Okay. But you didn't buy it on eBay as a replacement I think it was for already the duck. Sold. <laughs> it was already sold. Yeah. <laughs> Happens on eBay. Yeah. And, and how does this end up with your daughter? I mean, she was, you know, <laughs> in tears. I don't know. <laughs> the, I don't, I, the duck survived somehow. And then, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But the duck uh, survived. The duck survived. Okay, that's a whole yeah. other film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go over to you, uh, Sasha, for a moment. Last Door South. This was based on a comic strip, right? Yeah, a Belgian comic strip. Which is not by you. No, 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 which is uh, by an author. Um, he was publishing uh, weird stories in black and white in a, in a comics magazine in France, especially during the 80s and 90s. Most of them were kind of horror and much more even much more disturbing I think than this one but uh, yeah I chose this one because it's the most maybe universally touching and uh, it's his first story as well and yeah it was the the one that that was talking the most to me anyway so this is actually uh, not only based on the characters, but also a story that he wrote in, in uh, comic yeah, strip. Yeah, it's a short story. Yeah. Okay, and, and the reason to make it in black and white is obviously because the comic strip is in black as white as well? Or yeah, it was, we hesitated about uh, doing it in black and white, but uh, finally, uh, for several reasons, um, we, we decided to, to keep the black and white, to keep the, the atmosphere also... Um, as it's a puppet film made with digital compositing, uh, it was also easier to do it with black and white than in color because you have to, to tune way less things so that it looks realistic. So, yeah, okay. it also helped, but that's not the only reason. At the end credits, there's a sort of... You see a little sort of making off. Yeah. And I was surprised because it looks like it's... Uh, computer animated, made to look like it's made with clay or anything, but it's actually all puppeteered, or most yeah, of it is puppeteered is against green screen. Every, yeah, everything is physically filmed. Yeah. So it's you're sort of cheating having your film in an animation festival, right? <laughs> we won't tell. Okay. <laughs> and why was this choice made to do it puppets and against green screen and composite the whole thing? Was well, it just because you're lazy? or <laughs> No, actually, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't feel like I had the, the required uh, knowledge to do it in stop motion. And I wanted to try that technique, uh, which I really love, because uh, I also make uh, special effects and creature special effects. And um, that technique was uh, used uh, at the golden age of monsters and creatures in special effects uh, it's uh, you know I like uh, animatronics and uh, stuff like that and puppets operated with rods and with uh, cable movements and stuff like that and uh, it was a technique I really wanted to, to experiment much further and um, and also because 
it allowed us to do the animation in real time. So it was... Uh, yeah, and you can do multiple takes. Of course, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 it was kind of tricky to choose the right take sometimes yeah. because it's... Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a technique I wanted to experiment. And um, I, I also wanted to, to film everything on a set because I like the texture, because I like to build that stuff because I like to, to play with it also that's very important and uh, for the sets also the sets were not built at the same scale they were built uh, with the help of dollhouse uh, furniture okay, also okay. it's much smaller than you imagine I think because the, it's, uh, the scales are um, yeah it's a dollhouse scale so a table is uh, one twelfth of the actual size but the puppets were much bigger the puppets uh, yeah we we should have made them even more bigger because, for example, the hands uh, were operated in real time with mechanisms with uh, tiny uh, uh, fishing cables. On an average shoot, how many people were around there to do all this stuff? Well, as the puppets were pretty small, we could not fit at more than three or four people but that was enough because you know one person for the legs one person for the arms one person for the head most of the time that was enough okay marike could you imagine ever doing a film <laughs> actually with puppets and rods and then in post no i don't no? think i would have no. the patience to do that <laughs> Well, it's the pa well, it 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 looks it's a different kind of patience. Different kind yeah. of patience, yeah, probably, probably. Is, is uh, you are part of, of course, three people. You're Joris and Marieke. You have a studio. Is um, the 3D? Is that your main business, or do you also sometimes do 2D or stop motion? Uh, well, yours and I started with stop motion, and we we wanted to do that more, but. Soon after we learned stop motion, because we didn't learn stop motion at our school, we did that at a studio where they make Miffy. We we went into doing commissioned work, and stop motion is just very difficult with commissioned work. So we moved into computer animation, like 2D and 3D. And I think now we're just so far into the 3D technique that that's that's like the best thing that we want to specialize in. That that's the our main focus. Okay. And I was also wondering about the design because the films that the three of you make can clearly be recognized as coming from you because the designs sort of they sort of look alike, you know, with the big heads, round heads, and if you see uh, different films, why um, is there a chance that that you're going to change designs that we're going to see a European American film which going to look totally different? We always <laughs> like we always try with every movie to. To do something completely different, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it comes out the same. exactly the <laughs> same. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but this is something that you like, you know, the big heads and the yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. So, but the, the, but the, the sort of revolution for us was that up until now we did uh, we worked with characters that were many made out of one shape, like one basic shape, no no neck. Oh, like in in, in mute. You yeah, just so like uh, little yeah, yeah, yeah. soap or just round uh, shapes. Uh, but for this, because they really had, you really had to know where the imaginary friend was. It was very important that the characters, uh, you know where, where Otto is when they look at him. And you have to see where, they, where they're looking. And so that's when they, we decided they really need a neck. Uh, so that's sort of a re revolution in our designs that they have a neck. And, okay. and then we decide, well, they, something has to be weird still. <laughs> so <laughs> we gave them really big heads, which 
gave us a lot of problems because then they they really can't sit close to each other because <laughs> their heads are so big and <laughs> yeah. the doors had to be a different size and, yeah. and, and scratching on your head yeah. And yeah it's totally impossible okay but this film is 10 minutes which is quite different than uh, the last film for which you had a nomination which was I think it was an ultra short so it was like two minutes okay yeah. was, the, was it much different to make a 10 minute film I mean it, it's more work obviously yeah. but the, the, the telling telling yeah. the story in a different arc let's say yeah making the story is completely different and this was also new for us because we we've been making short movies that were mostly funny and now we wanted to tell a story that's more touching so that's that was already different and then um yeah making it 10 minutes we were a bit scared for us so, oh, this is a big challenge too but then when we had the idea it was kind of natural it just And then, and then when, when when it was like the story was finished, we were actually worried that we that it would exceed the ten minutes. <laughs> so okay. we thought it would be a big challenge, but it was not that big. Okay. And and you wanted to make it ten minutes, or did you think, well, maybe even shorter, but we cannot tell the story in a good way? Uh, in, no, in I think we really needed the ten minutes because it's yeah, it's a difficult concept. Yeah. Uh, About your film, Sasha, it's it's pretty long. It's almost 15 minutes. Uh, was this only possible by doing this with puppeteering, or do you think that this would also be possible if it would have been animation, or or was uh, this out of necessity that that you because it's the whole the story? Of course, you need the 15 minutes. Yeah. So and could this only be done within this budget with like puppeteering and with that kind of animation? You mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, what I was sure of is that it had to be animation anyway because the story is so surreal that I could not imagine that particular story being done uh, in live action, for instance, for example, because uh, I also, my, my uh, previous film was live action. But really the, the technique I chose is really uh, something very personal because it's the technique I wanted to use because... We we did it uh, with uh, with uh, Chloe who was there uh, almost by ourselves. We were most of the time there was just the two of us, and we knew it was going a project that we'd bo- we'd, we would have our nose on it during uh, a year. So it was uh, yeah, it was a good thing to to choose a technique. I would uh, I would not uh, be frustrated to use, and that was really something I wanted to explore further more than anything else actually. So that's. Really, a personal choice, yeah. And, and the guy who made the comic strip, he has seen the film, obviously. Yeah, he. Well, what do you think us, of it? Yeah. He, he visited us uh, when we were doing it, and yeah, uh, yeah he was actually pretty uh, surprised that uh, someone still currently knew that story because it was published in '79, and uh, it uh, last year it has been uh, published uh, again for the first time since. Uh, but uh, then uh, you but already but made a film. But uh, yeah, you but, to make yeah, yeah, but actually I, I read that uh, as a kid uh, in a magazine, and that by, by complete chance, and uh, that uh, I was kind of traumatized that uh, <laughs> that uh, continued traumatized. So you yeah. thought, well, let's traumatize some other kids yeah, exactly, by making this film. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> But we often have uh, great returns by kids who see the film, actually, uh, because of course in animation sessions. Many parents take their kids uh, without uh, knowing what it's exactly yeah. about. But when it's animation, they think they can always take their yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, kids have great reactions. Yeah? yeah. 
because the whole concept of having like a second head growing there yeah. it can be pretty scary i think yeah i think it's far is, more yeah. scary than an imaginary friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm not sure yeah. maybe he's imaginary <laughs> yes maybe he is yeah uh, both big round heads by the way so i always wondered why they chose to have you two together but now i'm beginning <laughs> to understand maybe you can invade each other's films next time um Marike, so you, you go from two minutes with with a single life now to ten minutes with Otto. Uh, do, do you have like ambitions for a feature? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And um, how far are these plans? They're reality? not very far, but okay. we're first we're going to make something of 25 minutes, which will be for kids and for television. So that's our next step, and then we're just sort of doing these steps to get to the feature. I guess, yeah. And is there something between the 25 minutes and the feature? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But the 25 minutes is going to be, of course, totally different telling a story in 25 minutes. Because yeah. then you have, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exciting. So when is this going to happen, the 25 minutes next uh, year? We're working we on it right now. So we just started. And it's uh, the deadline is next year around this time. Okay. Um, so that's, so uh, yeah. yeah. Because to get an idea uh, for Otto uh, from first idea till finished film what time span do i have to think of then? uh well if i don't count the developing of the idea we started like when we this year uh we started with the production and i think it took five months to to make auto which was just a little bit too short i think six months would be better but yeah something like that and i know from your film mute that you take the ideas from what happens in real life and also with Otto, what happened with your daughter. Is this always the inspiration or do you just sometimes sit together, let's brainstorm, what can we... Well, up until now it was always something that happened to us, but okay. it just could be trivial, trivial things like yours cutting his toe and yeah, my daughter having an imaginary friend. And for the, the, the 25-minute film, it was not a Uh, a personal thing that that inspired it. The studio is now everybody knows it as Job, Joris and Marike the three of you. You said, okay, we worked with a different scriptwriter. Is there a chance that there ever might be a Job, Joris, Marike and no. a fourth person? No, 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 no. Or they have to have the same names, but <laughs> 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 no. But we are but with Otto we worked with uh, two extra people and for the 25 minute project we're also going to work with four extra people, so That happens, but that's only because for that particular project, it's not yeah. for, for always. No. Okay, and also pr because of the workload also, yeah. do all these Yeah, you cannot do yeah. it with the tree if you, if you have to finish it in a year. Yeah, I understand. Any questions from the audience for these two boys? Oh, question for Sasha. If there's something in film that film could do which the graphic novel couldn't do story-wise... Actually, we were pretty faithful to the actual graphic novel. Um, there is one point we modified because technically it would have been kind of difficult with our technique. If we would have used CGI, we would have done it literally. But um, yeah, it's the, the scream of the little head. Actually, in the, in the comic strip, uh, the whole room, uh, every item and a piece of furniture in the room starts to, to fly and it, uh, yeah, it's much more elaborated but actually the, yeah, reducing just to a scream 
maybe it was more reasonable, but maybe it was also easier for the viewer to believe in the story in general, I think. So that's something we modified. But um, otherwise, yeah, we really tried to be to be uh, humble and to respect the original story as much as we could. But uh, of course, the biggest uh, change is the way the, the everything is, is shown, the, the shots and everything is completely different from the, the actual drawings of the, of the strip because the guy uh, just draws in, a, in such an insane way with impossible perspectives and you have a little of that in the, in the film because of the lenses we used but um, yeah that's, that's actually what we did it's, is more realistic uh, okay. if we can say that than the actual story uh, so you didn't time. use the graphic novel as a sort of storyboard for the film no, you just, we, we okay. didn't. no, no okay. we didn't okay. thank you very much for your attention thank you Sasha Marieke So thanks again to Hans Walter and, of course, the filmmakers themselves. You can find out more about Frederick Siegel's work, including Ruben Leaves, at fredericksegel.ch and at fredericksegel on Twitter. That's Frederick without a K. And for more on Ivan's Need, check out Veronica L. Montano's work at veromontano.tumblr.com. Similarly, Manuela Lewenberger is online at manuelalewenberger.tumblr.com. Mariki, as well as Yob and Yoris, are on Twitter at Yob Yoris Mariki. Their website is yobyorisandmariki.nl. Some fabulous work there, and for info and news on Last Door South, visit the production company Take 5 site at take-5.be. Keep your eyes on squiggly.com for more festival coverage, or take a look at the Click Festival website itself at click.amsterdam, and we'll be doing our usual podcast tomorrow, but we'll be resuming our Click Minnesotes on Thursday. Until then, happy animating!